are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show. Coming to you direct and live. All right. Back with you. Hour two. Off and running in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. I'm Matt Beavers here. All oh, y'all, I really do appreciate you being a part of it today. So if you're on the live stream, Facebook, uh, YouTube, hey to y'all. Feel free to type in a comment, hit it right there, submit it, and I'll see it. I'll give you an example of that in a minute. You can text the show, call the show. Uh, those numbers are on the bottom of the screen. If you're looking at the live stream, it's live on Facebook, live on YouTube, live on Twitter right now. And I'll give you those numbers on the radio here in just a second. Uh, Percy on Facebook said, good to have you back on my phone. Well, I am glad to be back on your phone and appreciate you tuning in. Now, okay, I am still keyed up and got a little adrenaline going from talking to y'all about this story. Now, I never... I. If I went back 20 years ago when I was like obsessed with bass fishing and fishing in tournaments, bass, and I still love to go catch bass right now. Like it's sort of the go-to. I don't have a boat now, but if I go walk around or go with somebody, you know, I'm probably throwing a brush hog or a crankbait or something, see if I can catch a, a large mouth or whatever. You go to Pickwick, try to catch small mouth. But I really enjoy catching anything and everything. I have caught a lot of catfish in my life, but I've never caught those humongous ones out there you got the big almost like saltwater tackle reels and you they're bolting you down in the back of the boat you know what i'm saying <laughs> i've never done that and i'm just it's the neatest thing and bill dance i'm not surprised he's the one that's involved with it. they just had a two-day bill dance catfish mega something tournament in vicksburg they did the weigh-in at the convention center they fished in the mississippi river humongous weights two brothers from georgia actually wound up winning first place prize um the biggest one they weighed in was 58 pounds okay um gene commented on facebook and said that the biggest fish weighed in the biggest one was on saturday one that weighed 72.5 pounds and okay and here's the deal my mother and father-in-law Debbie and Winky, they live in Vicksburg. They went to the weigh-in on Saturday at the, at the convention center. So she was sending me pictures. She was texting me pictures and some video of what they were seeing. I've seen a lot of weigh-ins. I've seen the big bass tournament weigh-ins where, you know, they got all the stuff on the stage and they're blowing smoke and the boat pulls up and it's a guy on a microphone and the crowd's like, woo, you know, and it's all these picture and photo ops and you hold the fish. And, well, it's a similar deal. It's just this time... <laughs> These guys are, it takes their entire body and both arms to hold up one fish. Like, yeah, like hurry up, take your picture, take it. And the fish is like whoosh, whoosh, slapping him in that face. And he's like, and he finds one guy dropped the fish on the stage. Boom! He's flopping around up there. It's just great. I didn't even see it in person. And I know it's awesome. And Vicksburg is going to get the tournament next year. I'm going back. I will be there next year. Pictures, video to ensue. But the thing I want to do, I want to go with somebody that catches those kind of catfish in the Mississippi River. Are you kidding me? I'm just saying, just from a distance, 
It's the neatest fishing tournament thing I've ever seen. And I've never gone, okay, to one of those deals like on the coast where they have the marlin deal or whatever. I've never gone to any of those. And so I'm sure maybe that's just as cool because those fish are even bigger, you know, right? But still. Really neat stuff. Thanks for commenting. All right. I told you that I would give you the numbers. Why don't we do that now? You can be a part of the show. Text me on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves all around the southeast. I told you yesterday in Tupelo I picked up a new package of jalapeno and cheddar. They had andouille in there. They had the original. And by the way, you may see it. I, I saw it yesterday. I didn't know they had this, but they had a big section in the cooler, like away from the wall there in Kroger, where down in it was a huge section of country-pleasing sausage, the original smoked sausage flavor. But the packaging was a little different. Instead of like one link in the curve, it was like four big pieces in one package. It was a bigger package. So y'all may see some of that. Just a heads up. And I would imagine like if you're cooking a something or and need a lot of it, that'd be the way to go. Anywho, number to text the show, 885-3776. Got it? It's a 601 number, 885-3776. Another way to remember it is 885-ESPN. And you can call the show. I get to hear your voice that way. Call me on the Divini Equipment phone line. 995-1059. It's a 601 number. 995-1059. Divinity Equipment, Madison and in Jackson, your Kubota dealer. They are the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S. It means they've been doing it better longer than anyone else right here at home at Divinity. So call me on that number, 995-1059. C-Dub on the Country Pleasing text line says, have you had the country-pleasing crawfish and pork flavor. Oh, my gosh. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. Now, hey, I bought it C-Dub and just ate it, you know, cooked it and ate it. But it would be perfect for using it in, like, red beans and rice, you know, jambalaya and different things like that as you're cooking. Things that you would use andouille for to cook with to make certain dishes and things with that crawfish and pork sauces would be absolutely perfect for it. Uh, buddy of mine, Matt Caldwell, who was an offensive lineman at Mississippi State, he's a few years older than me. And, you know, he's coached and been a head coach all over the state of Mississippi and different places. He's now an assistant at Hillcrest in Columbus under another former Mississippi State offensive lineman, Tobias Smith, who's the head coach. And Matt tweeted me and this weekend, he had picked up a package of that crawfish and pork, and I told him he would love it. And he messaged me back and said he did love it. Said it was really good. So, uh, yeah, C-Dub, I've had it. And as soon as they start carrying that in Kroger, <laughs> I'll be I'll be uh, buying it up. Joe Mailman Texas show and says, what, um, would that sausage make good catfish bait? Hmm. Hey, that is a good question, Joe. Well, it leads me to a good question. In, a, in an official, big-time, professional catfish tournament, like the one they just had in Vicksburg where the winner got $50,000 yesterday, well, what kind of bait are they allowed to use? 
What kind of bait do they use? Said the biggest one that was weighed in in the two days in Vicksburg, Saturday, somebody weighed one in that was 72 pounds, a little over 72 pounds. I mean, what do they use? You know, are they cutting up? What do they use? Uh, you know, chicken leg? I, don't know. I mean, what? And then uh, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona says, get somebody to take you out on the waterway. I guess that would be the, the Tom Bigby, the 10 Tom waterway. He says, I don't know if, he, if he's still there, but there used to be a guy in Smithville. Yeah, that'd be 10 Tom, who fairly regularly pulled 40 to 100 pound catfish out from below the dams. I mean, a hundred pound catfish. It's dangerous, right? I mean, he gets hungry enough. He he'd eat just about anything, I would think. Anyhow, y'all check it out. Uh, I I actually tweeted on Saturday. I think it was Saturday. Uh, a picture or two, including one where Bill Dance himself. Did make an appearance, and he's wearing his Tennessee hat, his patented mesh orange and white Tennessee Volunteers hat. He did make an appearance. It was really cool. All right. Got a question for you. Back to football for a minute. Now, first hour, there was all this talk about realignment and stuff, so we're off that. Okay, so who was it? Uh, Jake from Yazoo that texted the show, and he said, love you guys, have a great Monday, but I'll come back after you get done with all this conference realignment stuff. So I'm sure there are people who are sick of it. So Jake, if you happen to be listening, this is not conference realignment related, okay? I'm going to see. This is for the people who haven't already seen this article, okay, over at uh, ESPN. They ranked, this morning, they ranked college football's biggest underachievers. This would be teams, it's not individuals. College football's biggest underachievers. Before I tell you who they ranked, this for, again, the ones who hadn't seen the article. Before I tell you who they ranked as the biggest underachievers in college football, who do you think is at the top? Got any guesses? Let's see what Beaver. Let's see if Beaver's got a guess. Hey, B. Hey, who do you think ESPN put as the number one biggest underachiever in college football? Oh, underachiever. Mm-hmm. Not Texas A&M. That seems too obvious. I don't know, Matt Wyatt. Who? It is, in fact, Texas A&M. <laughs> okay. It's like, it's like you answered it and, and didn't really mean to answer it. <laughs> I mean, you, but I love what you said. You said, well, it couldn't be Texas A&M. That's too obvious. <laughs> like, this is a really easy question. Um, everybody so far is on the same page. Beaver said Texas A&M was the obvious choice. Chuck on YouTube said Notre Dame. Okay, Miko on the country pleasing text line said Notre Dame. And Nunya on the text line said Texas A&M. So, so far, all we've heard 
is Notre Dame and Texas A&M. Well, indeed, okay, ESPN put Texas A&M as number one. The number one underachiever in college football they have is Texas A&M. And, I, guys, i got to be honest with you. If I scroll, I don't see Texas, I don't see Notre Dame anywhere. They've put them in different tiers. They got seven different tiers of this, you know, header, biggest underachievers in college football. Notre Dame's not on here. So if you said Notre Dame, I'd love to know why you think that, and then we'll see if we agree with you. After 2020, it said A&M appeared to be on its way under Jimbo Fisher. Top five finish. Big time recruiting. Financial clout has never been an issue in Aggie land, it says, and I think that is true. It says few programs in the country are better positioned for the NIL era. They keep calling it the NIL era, but it is the pay-for-play era. Oh, Nunya with a guess for number two. All right, I'm going to come to that, Nunya. A&M, number one, under, most, biggest underachiever in college football. They got all these advantages. They're in Texas, top five in recruiting, position for the NIL, all this. It says instead, A&M went 13-11 overall and 6-10 and in the SEC over the past two seasons. Isn't that hard to believe? They are 13-11 and 6-10 and and in the SEC in the past two years. And I mean, what? Okay, state. And so that's since Kellen Mond, right? Yeah, that's post Kellen Mond. And, and, and it's not like they don't have ability, right? Because two years ago, like states beat them two years in a row. The Air Raid beat A&M two years in a row, beat them two years ago in College Station in 2021. Last year, just beat them like a drum in Starkville. But that year, two years ago, in A&M, in the same building, is when A&M beat Alabama. Remember that? They beat Bryce Young in Alabama. And the kid, I can't even remember his name now, the quarterback that year for A&M, who eventually transferred to Auburn, you'll remember. I don't even know what's happened to him now. Um, But that year, he just played lights out against Alabama that night, and they beat him. That was one big – I mean, what do you say about that? They're 6-10 and ten in the SEC in two years, and one of those six wins was against Alabama. <laughs> they beat Alabama. What do you say about that? <clears throat> Despite one of the nation's strongest pay-for-play collectives, I'm not, say, I'm not reading NIL anymore. Sometimes it may slip out in a conversation, y'all, but just here we go, PSA, public service announcement. I ain't reading NIL anymore. It's a lie. I will say pay-for-play when I can think of it. <laughs> Despite one of the nation's strongest pay-for-play collectives and an excellent recruiting location less than two hours from Houston in southeast Texas, the Aggies haven't translated success on the field. Lost their Week 2 home game last year to Appalachian State and offensive coordinator Kevin Barbe. 
endured a five-game losing streak before finishing with an upset of LSU. They have six wins in two years in the SEC. One of them's against Alabama, and one of them's against LSU. Now figure that out. And how did they respond? How have they responded to that? They hired Bobby Petrino to be their offensive coach. So everybody's saying Notre Dame. Like I said, Chuck said Notre Dame. Miko said it. Russ on Facebook said Miami comes to mind, biggest underachiever. I think they got to be on the list somewhere. Nunya commented on the country-pleasing text line and said, is number two Florida State on the list? Nope, but Russ, Miami is. Okay, so tied at number two for the biggest underachievers are USC, the Trojans. They got a Heisman winner, but they don't have the wins and championships, whatever. Texas and Miami. So according to this article, this is ESPN, biggest underachiever in college football, A&M. Right behind them, Texas and Miami and USC. Chuck commented on YouTube, says, yes, A&M does less with more than anyone else. Notre Dame gets a pile of name recognition, but does little to capitalize on it when it matters. Um, yeah. Uncle D sent me the uh, text, the uh, gif of uh, Jimbo Fisher celebrating that win over Alabama a couple years ago. Josh texted the show, said, if it's about last year, you could say maybe Notre Dame. But before last year, you can't say Notre Dame was a major underachiever. Brian Kelly was winning 10-plus games a year. Just because they didn't win a national championship, they're underachievers is a good point. It, I mean, it's a Josh, it's a very valid feet-on-the-ground point. They stunk last year after Brian Kelly left. Prior to that, and he had done a good job. What does he do? He goes to LSU does all kinds of weird, stupid stuff, recruiting stuff, using an accent. Doesn't matter. He's a good football coach. They beat Alabama and they go to the SEC title game in his first year. I mean, come on. Credit where credit's due, right? Jason in Flagstaff says, Notre Dame, Brian Kelly specifically, overachieved. Folks forget that they didn't drop the entrance requirements for football players for Kelly like they did Lou Holtz. And that's probably why he left. And then you said it sounded like the quarterback called his own plays against Alabama. No, it just they had one of those nights where he was on. He made every play. Zach. Oh, what was his last name? Zach what? And he wound up transferring to Auburn, got hurt, and I don't know where he is now. I can't remember his last name now. My, uh, Brad Texas show or comments on Facebook says Miami had a great run of those teams in the 80s and the early 90s. They did. And, of course, I mean, don't forget the early 2000s. Um, Ken Dorsey was her quarterback. Great teams, national championships. Larry Coker, their head coach. So it's been more recent than that. Yes, Jimmy and White Denzel reminding me that it was Zach Calzada. I could not remember. And, you know, again, that was his first year to be the starter that year at A&M was in 21 because the other guy got hurt. The guy they started the year with got hurt. So Calzada took over. 
and did some good things, but also did some bad things. But had a ton of talent. Had one of these big, strong arms where he could just flick his wrist and the ball's, t- you know, RPMs and miles per hour, man. Talent for days. And so when he hit throws, it looked great, and he hit them against Alabama. He missed some against State, but they pressured him. State really pressured him in the mistakes. That year they beat him. That was two years ago. So then he transferred. He goes, he's at Auburn last year, and I, like you say, hadn't heard from him. I don't know. It seemed like maybe he got hurt again or something. Anyhow, there you go. I just don't disagree with what they're saying. And, and Russ mentioned Miami. He's got them. They got them at, at number two in that tier two. So the so tier one of biggest underachievers in football, according to ESPN, tier one is Texas A&M alone. They're the only one in tier one. At number two slot is USC, Texas, and Miami. At number three, UCLA, Maryland, and Arizona State. At number four, North Carolina and NC State. Number five, South Florida, UNLV, Texas State. They're saying that because of where they are and where their footprint is. And tier six, teams like Colorado, Nebraska, and Rutgers who are just trying to get into a bowl game. I mean, it is it, that, that's Colorado and Nebraska being where they are and have been coming out of it, right. Massive underachievers. Very interesting. I love hearing where you think on this. So shoot me a message here, comment, send a text. More coming up. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Stick around. Ready to talk sports the Mississippi way with you. So get in on the conversation and tell him what you think. All right. Rolling along with you here on this Monday. The show's gone by quickly, man. It just seems like I just started. Why? I don't say time flies. You're having fun. It may just fly when you're getting old. (laughs) One or the other. Maybe I'm having fun and getting old and it doubles up on me. I don't know. But it seems to have gone by quickly. Glad you're here. Plenty of time left for us to get into whatever you want to get into today. So text or call or comment on the live stream. If y'all are part of that, howdy. Type it in there. Hit submit and we can pop it up on the screen. Be a part of the conversation that way. Uh, Jimmy, how about that? I did not know this. So that guy, Zach Calzada, who was A&M's, he was supposed to be A&M's backup quarterback in 2021, became the starter because of an injury to the starter, beat Alabama, lit him up, played great, had some ups and downs throughout the year, but certainly had talent, all of that kind of stuff. After one year there, he, he bounces up out of there to Auburn, wound up at Auburn last year, in what was Brian Harson's final year. Um, at the same time, the, the big kid from LSU, T.J. Finley, also transferred to Auburn. And they were all vying to replace Bo Nix, who transferred to Oregon, right, last year. And it turned out they just went with the kid, uh, Robbie Ashford, from 
Hoover, I, I don't remember the specific, but it seems like there was an injury in there for Calzada that sort of interrupted his deal. I don't know that. And then Jimmy says he is now at Incarnate Word. So he is the quarterback now at Incarnate Word. I did not, uh, I did not know that's where he wound up. Appreciate you letting me know. How would y'all feel about just a little bit of NFL update? Football in America is a special game, a unique game. Played nowhere else on earth, it is a rare game. The men who play it make it so. Free agent running back Kareem Hunt will visit the New Orleans Saints tomorrow. Uh, the old NFL film stuff, it doesn't get any better than that. It doesn't get any better than that. The Saints are looking for running back depth. After Eno Benjamin placed on injured reserve with a ruptured Achilles, starting running back Alvin Kamara, Kamara will be suspended for the first three games of the season because of a personal conduct deal. Jamal Williams signed with the Saints in free agency. They've got a few others in there. Now, this cat can play. Kareem Hunt can play. It's just he hadn't been a very good you know, person, it doesn't seem like, in the past. Kareem Hunt began his NFL career with the Kansas City Chiefs, and boy, did he ever look good in his rookie year, and then got in some trouble off the field, bounced up out of there, wound up in the well, – Chiefs are like, you're out of here. He uh, wound up in Cleveland. Maybe he's been somewhere else. I do know he can play, but it shows you – it shows you the kind of talent that he is. Uh, he's 28 years old. Sounds crazy, but that's old for a running back. He was a third-round draft pick for the Chiefs in 2017, four seasons with the Cleveland Browns, played in 17 games for the Browns last year with no starts. He was a backup to Nick Chubb, had 400 yards, three touchdowns rushing, caught a few passes, all that. He was, like I told you, he was a Pro Bowl guy his rookie year. Um, he was the NFL's leading rusher in 2017. That was back on an Alex Smith Chiefs team prior to Mahomes. And then had the off-the-field issue. So, uh, yeah, keep an eye. I mean, look, here again, he's 28 years old. Uh, he can play. You know, the other thing I was thinking about, that's running back for the Saints. Who are the quarterbacks in that division? Help me out here. So it's Derek Carr for the Saints. It's a rookie first pick, Bryce Young for the Panthers. Who's the Falcons quarterback? And who is Tampa's quarterback? You know, I know. <laughs> Who's going to play quarterback for the Buccaneers? Is it Trask? Because if it is, okay, 
like let's just say it's Trask, okay, and you know, you, who knows how the year goes. But you got you, you got six foot nothing, one hundred ninety nothing, Bryce Young. I know he's number one pick, super talented for Carolina. Somebody for the Buccaneers. Who knows who for Atlanta? Who's in Atlanta? And Derek Carr for the Saints. Somebody on YouTube said for Atlanta it's going to be Desmond Ritter, who I really liked him coming out of college, right? But he's got, what, one year of pro experience last year, played a little bit? Maybe he's great. Okay, well, let's go with that. Let's go with this. White Denzel says Trask will be the quarterback for the Buccaneers and Desmond Ritter for the Falcons. And J-Rock agrees with that. Well, let's go with that, okay? You got a division. If you're a Saints fan, <laughs> I mean, what, you just need to keep people healthy. Okay, I know that sometimes just because you have the more experienced players doesn't mean you win. I get it. There's a whole lot of things that go into it. Right. There's so many things that go into it. But if you just got to keep the right people healthy. I mean, you're going into a year where you've got Derek Carr, who I think way more highly of than a lot of other people do. I thought he's really good at times for the Raiders, much more so than he ever got credit for, I thought. I mean, a few years ago, what, they were within a point or two of sending Joe Burrow and and the uh, Bengals home in the playoffs, and they wound up in the Super Bowl. You've got Derek Carr that you're building your team around, Cam Jordan on the defensive side of the ball. You just got to piece it together until you get Kamara back at running back in a division with a rookie Bryce Young, Trask, and Desmond Ritter playing quarterback for the other three teams in your division. Huh? I, I don't Look, we'll see how it plays out. I would think this is an opportunity. I would think this is an opportunity. Chuck says there are some rumors that the Bucks might try and pick up Trey Lance from San Francisco on the cheap. Well, maybe so because they're going to start the kid from last year, right? who basically won the job on the field last year. Can't even remember his name. Played in the playoffs. Uh, but still, even so, Saints are in a whole different position than those other teams, unless Bryce Young goes and plays like the number one overall pick. And we've seen a bunch of them that didn't. So I'm not doubting him. I'm just stating the fact there. Uh, Jake from Yazoo says that he got a report saying that Hunt is in New Orleans today. Okay. Well, it may be. So maybe he's there today getting a tour. Have sure enough meetings tomorrow. The report I saw said Tuesday, but it could be today. I don't know. Oh, the games. I mentioned this in the first hour. Let, let me give you. Yeah, Tiger David, thank you. I could See what I mean? Brock Purdy. I couldn't remember Purdy. You have NFL preseason games this week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I was wrong earlier because I said I thought it was Cowboys and Saints play. No, it's Chiefs and Saints. Um, so, And it'll be Sunday at noon Eastern, 11 Central. So now if you go to early worship service at church on Sunday, you might be home in time to see this. Don't worry about it. The NFL Network will replay it all week long. But if if you don't go to the to an early worship service 
at church on Sunday and you go do a regular one, <laughs> well, when you get out of church around noon, this game will have been going on for about an hour already. Uh, it's just a preseason game, the first for both. But I would think if you're a Saints fan and today or tomorrow you strike a deal with Kareem Hunt to be your running back or one of your running backs, I would think he practices a couple of days and maybe gets a carry or two maybe in that preseason game in New Orleans uh, on Sunday. It's at the Superdome. It'll be the Chiefs in there. Okay, here are the other. And you have another one Sunday afternoon, by the way. It'll be 49ers Raiders. Again, this is preseason stuff. And anytime you hear a preseason game, all you need to think about is who are the new guys that may get snaps? Who are the college players they drafted? Maybe there's a guy from my team I root for, like, you know, if it's State or Ole Miss or whoever it is that's trying to make the team or is on the team as a young player. Yeah, that's all you need to think about these preseason games because, like, the Cowboys aren't going to play Dak, obviously. Now, the Panthers, I think, are going to play Bryce Young, and, and rightfully so, let him, you know, go ahead and play some in the preseason. But Thursday night preseason games, Texans-Patriots, it's on the NFL Network. And Viking Seahawks is on the NFL Network. Friday, you got a whole bunch of preseason games, including Packers Bengals. The aforementioned Falcons play in Miami in a preseason game. So you want to watch Desmond Ritter, see what he looks like? Turn that one on. Cowboys are going to play on Saturday. They're going to host the Jaguars in a preseason game. And again, I don't think Dak's going to play, but uh, take a look at their draft picks. New tight end in Dallas, all that stuff. All right. Any questions on that? No? Didn't think so. (laughs) I'm Matt. Stick around. crave your sport. It's often difficult to satisfy that special hunger. Not here, because you've got Matt Wyatt. Oh, I am starving. Don't worry, he's got a menu full. All right, back with you. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance all across the great state of Mississippi. Hey, Beaver. Hey. How are you? I'm doing all right over here. Has it been a busy Monday? Do people still walk in there and bother you like during the show when you're trying to work? Uh, Uncle Bill has been really the only one lately. Yeah, <laughs> but he'll make he'll make his time count because if anyone else comes in here to bother me, you know they'll just come in and ask a quick question. Yeah. No, when Uncle Bill comes in to bother, he will sit down and stay for about thirty minutes. <laughs> mhm. So he, he makes use of his time more than anyone else. There you go, my man, Bill. I would like to make use of our time, Beaver, doing something on this show that has never been done before. But I want to say this first. What I'm about to ask you to do, you are fully within your rights to say no. And if you say no, I wouldn't even I will not hold it against you. Now how's that for a lead in? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea what's coming now. I Okay. I don't feel good about this. <laughs> well, so I sent you a link. Um 
a minute ago. Oh, the copyrighted music? Yeah, the, the, the song lyrics or whatever. You see that? Yeah. If I ask you to read some of those lyrics in just a minute, all you got to do is read them. You don't have to sing them. Now, you could sing them if you wanted to sing them, but you don't have to sing them. You could just maybe read them. Just lyrics. Oh, yeah. okay. It's just lyrics. I saw it earlier, and yeah. <laughs> I thought it was a link to the music, and you said save it for later, and I, my immediate thought was, Matt Wyatt knows that I'm not going to play copyrighted music. Right. I'm not going to get fined $20,000. Because what I did, right, I would never ask you to get fined $20,000. So what I did is I took about a 20-second snippet, which is totally legal for me to hit on the button over here as opposed to you playing the song. I cover it that way. Okay, so you want these lyrics. Well, yes, but first I'm going to tell everybody that on this day in 1982, on American Bandstand, a band called Flock of Seagulls performed this song. Now, the intro... is Everybody's already bobbing their head. It's generational music. Now, it's from 1982... But everybody knows this song. Everybody knows that song. Okay, that's Flock of Seagulls. They sing that song in the American Bandstand stage in 1982, on this day in 82. So, Beaver, give me a shot of those lyrics. Start at the top. What, is it, what does it say in this song? I walked along the avenue. <laughs> Caught me off guard, man. I didn't expect you to sing it. <laughs> I I walked along the avenue. I never thought I'd meet a girl like you. Meet a girl like you. <laughs> With auburn hair and tawny eyes. The kind of eyes that hypnotize me through. Hypnotize me through. <laughs> and I ran. I ran so far away. I just ran. I ran all night and day. I couldn't get away. <laughs> Beaver, what in the world were these lyrics about? Okay, hit me with the second verse. A cloud appears above your head. A beam of light comes shining down on you. Shining down on you. <laughs> the cloud is moving nearer still. Aurora Borealis comes in view. Aurora comes in view. <laughs> and the chorus, one more time. <laughs> and I ran. I ran so far away. I just ran. I ran all night and day. I couldn't get away. <laughs> I can't figure out how the chorus of this song matches with the lyrics. I mean, with the, with the verses. And the verses, I ain't sure what's going on. Beaver, thank you for being a good sport. You want to finish the song? There is one more verse. <laughs> sure. I think this ties it all together. Okay, okay. Reached out a hand to touch your face. You're slowly disappearing from my view. Peering from my view. Ah, we just took the dissa mm -hmm. and said peering mm -hmm. from my view. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we took the Reached dissa out. off. 
<laughs> reached out a hand to try again. I'm floating in a beam of light with you. A beam of light with you. And? And I ran. <laughs> I ran so far away. I just ran. I ran all night and day. And I ran. I ran so far away. I just ran. I couldn't get away. I just ran. You know what? Don't ever, we should never make fun of rap lyrics ever again. Okay, because they didn't start it. The dumb lyrics thing. Becoming a millionaire on dumb lyrics. They didn't start it. This was Flock of Seagulls in 1982. In fact, you know what we might need to do, Beaver? <clears throat> uh, you, you gave me a, a great segment idea yesterday. I will not let the cat, cat out of the bag and spoil it for the listeners, viewers, uh, right now. Um, but I'm going to do it. Okay. And, but another one might be Beaver f finds and reads the dumbest song lyrics we can find. <laughs> oh, I hate when... I don't want to put you in a bad spot because I know I, I I don't want you to make fun of someone you don't want to make fun of. Which it was reading dumb lyrics is kind of that. I would just say if we find some, we might need to read them on the air. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Oh, I'm for that. And don't okay. worry, there's a lot of there's a lot of dumb lyrics out there. I mean, is there anything less? Um. What's the right word here? Is there anything less consistent than what it takes to write a hit song? <laughs> I mean, some of the stuff, and there's some things out there, you, you look at it, you read the song lyrics or you hear it, and it's like poetry, and it's like the, the prettiest, most beautiful, artistic thing you've ever heard. And then there's things like this, Iran. I just ran. I ran so far away. I ran all night, all day. I couldn't get away. I just ran. <laughs> How do you turn that into a song? Turd Ferguson on the uh, <laughs> Country Pleasing text line, better known as Burt Reynolds, says, great song. Beaver knows I'm a huge Beck fan, but read lyrics of Loser. Okay, we're going to preview him first. That is a that's a fun song, yeah, sure. I'm a loser, baby. JC Texas Show says, um, Beave, do not do this with Creed. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. <clears throat> sometimes it does not take much, apparently, sometimes I have a hit song. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Yeah, and, and I did tease a little bit. I will give you the details. I'm, I'm still kind of putting a, a little sounder together that we'll use for this. Beaver gave me an idea uh, at the end of last week that is a fantastic idea with a name and a title and everything. And he already gave me the title for Fish Until Football, which we did a couple of shows of those in the office. Oh, by the way, there's a new one of those, Fish Until Football. That involves me and my dad, Joe Wyatt. And 
it's edited. It's ready to go. I'll probably publish it tonight at some point. Um, so if you're on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, y'all will see it there. And it's just a fun thing. I had some leftover footage from a few trips, but then a trip that I – well, not even really a trip, just hanging out with Dad. We caught some fish, and we filmed it, and so we got one of those. But, yeah, so that's Beaver, fishing until football. This is a new thing, too. It's going to be a part of the show. And I didn't think of it. I didn't ask for it. He just said to me, he said, hey, I thought of something. And uh, immediately, like, the light bulb goes on. You go, yeah, that's a hit idea. That's a hit. I'm sure it was the same light bulb in the same way that went off for these people, flock of seagulls, when they saw the lyrics. And I ran. I ran so far away. I just ran. I ran all night. I ran all day. I couldn't get away. <laughs> what? It didn't take much sometimes, folks. It does not take much. For Beaver, I'm Matt. All of us here on the show in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team. We'll see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. See you then. See you!